Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to El Angel. Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is an Angel Season 5 podcast by a Lindsay and an Eve. Hell no. Oh, no. And you're oh, the Eve, motherfucker. Bad. They're both bad, but one's so They're much both worse. terrible. Yeah. They're, oh, this episode. <gasps> boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> am, am I taking that to mean you didn't have a great time? Uh, I didn't have a bad time. Again. Yeah, neither like, did I. It's not a bad episode. It's just when I think back on it, I'm like, what was that? So this is Angel Season 5, Episode 10? Ooh, Soul nice. Purpose? Yeah, original, original air date, January air date. 21st, 2004. Right, gotta tell people what it is we're talking about. I was gonna make something up, but you know, oh, have, yeah. yours is good too. This episode, when I got to like, what is the theme of it? Yeah. I, I racked my brain and I was like, vague plot? <laughs> Like, what's, what's the theme is, as best I can tell, and I think this is something that we can come back to. Yeah. The theme is heroism and what it means to be a hero. Like, or to to really go right on the nose, what is the purpose of a soul? <laughs> right. That very much is on the nose. Would it help you at all if I told you that what is happening with Spike in this episode very closely mirrors what happens on the first episode of Angel with Angel? I was almost 100% certain that was it. And in right. fact, if some of the writing has not been cribbed from the first episode of Angel, <laughs> they should be ashamed <laughs> to have it this late in the game. Because, yeah. oh man, when Lindsay is talking, sorry, Doyle or whatever his fucking name is, is talking yeah. about his bullshit visions he describes them like fry describes an idea like brain pictures but they hurt i'm having one of those things you know a headache with pictures an idea Mm -hmm. Coming from actual Doyle, I can see that line like happening and being far more charming because of his actual Irish accent. Right. Now, Lindsay. And just like him <laughs> being more personable and charming in general. And with Lindsay, you're just like, why is he talking <laughs> like this? Yeah. What's happening here? So <laughs> yeah. Great question. <laughs> obviously, this is all mirroring what's happening with, or what happened with Angel yonks ago, including the dubious idea of Lindsay introducing himself to Spike as a man named Doyle, which I have so many questions about. Like, Me too. Oh Absolutely boy. me too. And, you know, I will say that it seems like Lindsay has some sort of plan. <laughs> and I'm interested to see what it is. <laughs> right? Like, there's two ways that this goes. So, yeah. Lindsay introduces himself as Doyle to Spike. Option one, this is a, like, Batman Gambit type double bluff almost <laughs> situation where he is banking on Spike at some point mentioning to Angel at all that, oh, Oh, hello, hello, hello. I've befriended a man named Doyle who's got visions and such. He tells me what's going to happen before it happens. And then they're like, Doyle, we know that name. It's a thing. Do we, can we meet this Doyle? Anyway, somehow that is Lindsay's plan. Or it's such a colossally fucking stupid move because at some point he will tell them a, or like it'll come up that Absolutely. he knows a yeah. psychic named Doyle. 
And they'll be like, show us this man because he died four years ago. Right. So I was thinking about this a lot too, because I don't remember what Lindsay's plan is. And I'm even assuming that he has one, right? Right. And yeah, absolutely. At some point, Spike is going to mention this. So you have to assume he did it so that Angel would react. Is it just to fuck with Angel? I don't know what his plan is. I don't know how this could possibly work out for him. Right? Like, yeah, I see the edge of a plan, but I'm like, then, then Angel asks to see Doyle because, you know, they parted on good terms and Doyle died tragically. So this just leads to Angel finding Lindsay, but not as fast as Lindsay going to Angel? Right. Which doesn't seem like it's gonna make sense. So we'll see, you know? We will see. Alright, Michaela. Dream Time City. This episode, oh, USA. Oh boy. Would you like to know possibly why? Oh. Was Angel I have a production sick? note. So remember a few episodes ago, I believe in the Numero Cinco episode, when we noted that DB was limping around a bit? <gasps> yes. Well, this in this episode, he had just had reconstructive surgery on his les- left knee. Hence <gasps> why he lies in bed for the whole fucking episode. Holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Also, this episode was directed by David Boreanaz. <laughs> what? That's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I love it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's real good. Wow. I didn't actually really appreciate that he was lying down so almost much. the entire time. <laughs> At the beginning, he's lying on the floor. Then he sits in his chair. Then he goes and lies in bed. Then he's lying in bed in most of his hallucinations. At one point, he's sitting in like an armchair and he goes on like one walk. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a, that's a very good production note to know. So yeah, Yeah. this episode is basically how sex redux, you know? (laughs) Angel's trapped but, in his own dreams. No, it's not. It's but they're different. like much more fun than that. Oh, <laughs> it's different than that. I swear, and it's a better episode, although still not great. The meat of the episode from Angel's perspective is just the same thing that happened a couple episodes ago, where he's like, "Am I the hero?" Or is it Spike? I'm worried that it's Spike. Which, yeah, maybe why I had such a difficult time finding the theme or the interesting part of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the thing that's most interesting to me is this idea that Lindsay shows up, calls himself Doyle, says he gets visions from the powers that be. And like, we, the audience, know that this is all a load of bullshit. (laughs) But from Spike's perspective, it is as reasonable as it was when the real Doyle came to Angel in season one. Oh, definitely. And, And like, I like the idea that it's throwing into question, you know, are these really coming from the powers that be? Which is sort of the same thing that we were talking about in the Robot Ninja episode. Right? Where, sure, Angel's going around saving random people because allegedly these powers that be are telling him to do it. But, like, it's very easy for someone to just show up and say that. Yeah, that is very true. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so we start off with uh, with some spooky dreams. Much as we plan to continue, Angel is reliving his fight for the Cup of Eternal Torment with Spike. You've got a picture of him that you've called Bloody Hell. I just feel like they've put too much very red blood on him. Mm. When everyone knows that vampire's blood is green. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) I just think it looks really fake. Yeah. Like, I was really struck by how bad it looks. I'm more struck by his hair, honestly. His hair's wacky this episode. (laughs) I I will give you that. 
For sure. David Boreanaz is in the director's chair, and you'll know it, because his hair <laughs> is going fucking you'll crazy. Know it. But yeah, it's the same thing of Spike's beating him to the cup, and he's like, no, Spike, that, you don't know what it's like to have that. And Spike says something, I don't know, he says something different than what he said originally, that makes it seem like, you know, he really is better than Angel, and then when he drinks from the cup, he gets all shiny, which is great for him. Yeah, it's basically the same thing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't really notice many differences, and that's fine. And yeah, uh, this all spooky dream, who, who knew? And then, as we said, Angel is dreaming this in his office chair so that he doesn't have to stand up. And I really <laughs> feel for David Boreanaz, who is no doubt limping around set trying to direct things, or maybe it just being hard. pushed around in some sort of wheelie chair. Yeah. yeah, he's been wheeled everywhere. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be a dream come true. Uh, then we cut to Spike in a strip club where Lindsay buys him a drink. And my God, Michaela, if we had not talked about who this was so much, <laughs> I honestly think I would have forgotten or like not recognized Lindsay at the very least. I don't think I, I would have noticed that it was this person I had seen. Yeah, like Stu 100% had no idea who this was. Yeah, yeah. He's got a very generic face. His hair is dumb. <laughs> and like, there's nothing that I can latch onto about him that is interesting. So <laughs> just like a person. I'm like, okay, uh, you're Doyle now. That's great. So this strip club. It's called the Peppermint Stick. Mm -hmm. And like, I just have some questions about that. Like, what does it have to do with strippers? Because <laughs> it's a pole-shaped oh, object? Yeah, I think so. But why peppermint? Because it's kind of sweet. I had horrible flashbacks to that episode of Blinda Blinked, the Christmas one. Oh, good God. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> now I'm having flashbacks to it. Ah, ah, ah. Change the topic. Change the topic. That's, Lindsay has what I... Lindsay has ripped jeans. How are we not talking about those? Honestly, I did see his knee through his jeans. I just oh. hated his entire outfit. And I didn't oh. want any pictures of him. Because I don't like worst. his stupid hair. Right. What yeah. A twit, for fuck's He's sake. a bit of a twit. Yeah. You know? Spike spies I mean... Lindsay's tattoos, and <laughs> Lindsay's like, oh, I'm Doyle. I get a, I don't know, I get headaches or For something. Sure. Yeah, and I'm like, the PowerPoint was worth it part three? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess it was. Uh, like, we, we're going to come back to this a couple times, I think. But, like, essentially, Spike originally is like, fuck off, dude. And then Lindsay talks him into it by, like, having a pretend vision. Yep. And I don't know that I buy that that Spike would be in for that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the obvious fakeness of the vision should certainly detract from it at least a little bit. <sighs> I'm going to go with Spike is trying to be this hero figure. And like this guy's showing up and basically saying we don't need Angel, which is what Spike wants to hear for sure. Yeah, there's a bunch of points that I would say work in Spike's favor here or work in Lindsay's favor for yeah. convincing Spike. Because Spike doesn't like Angel. He knows about the prophecy of Shanshu, right? Yeah. And he's yeah, interested yeah. in that. And he has a soul. So, like, put all of those together, mix them up with a bit of alcohol so Spike's a bit sloshed through the entire thing. And, <laughs> yeah, I can see Spike being like, hello, 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 let's save some folks from vampires or some such. And if he is actually going out and saving people, that's not negative, right? Like, yeah. he, could, he could stop this at any time. So exactly. I guess really what does it cost him to be like, okay, let's see if this guy's telling the truth. Uh, it's that's just vaguely point. annoying because he's constantly yes. having these visions and Spike just wants to fucking chill, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what he was going to do with his time. That's the other thing, right? Like, I guess he was at a strip club, so. <laughs> yeah, he has yeah. ample uses for his time, it seems. <laughs> All right, oh so the Wolfram and Hart part of this episode is, like, 
largely extraneous. Absolutely. People are being kept busy. Let's summarize it thusly. All of the non-Angel Spike people are being kept busy by business at Wolfram and Hart. So some of it seems to be business that is legit. There's some warlock that they want to kill and they're arguing over the best way to do that. Later on, Eve's going to show up and give them what I assume is just a garbage thing to go on to distract them. Yeah, some sort of decoy relic that has runes on it that will take a long time to decipher, but eventually will spell out drink your oval team <laughs> yeah no they definitely will and like angel's still struggling with this whole idea that like they keep using the term gray area which he is not a fan of <laughs> yeah the again it's the heroics like is wolfram and Hart heroic no it's generally a source of good as far as like the senior executives can make it yeah but gray area comes up a lot so when later on they come to spike and they're like we hear that you've been vigilante style fighting crime on the streets (laughs) we could give you the resources you need to do that better he's like oh fuck off (laughs) i've already got all the things i need right here like so many times this season they have just kept saying like no we're making a difference here we're changing things from the inside and like at this point you can hear them trying to convince themselves (laughs) that it's definitely happening yeah because the longer that you're there it is going to change you right it's absolutely going to change you and you like their all of their morals have been compromised in some way by working already this long yeah right like and it hasn't really been that long (laughs) no it's a fairly short amount of time oh yeah there is something in spike's first rescue here that i think is very important a couple things actually yeah uh oh no i guess your your picture comes up later in a different saving so in the first time that spike goes out saves a girl from being killed by a vampire sorry a vampire and (laughs) you know has his first taste of heroism he rescues her and then calls her a retard which is like (laughs) very early 2000s yeah he says it and you're like you can't say that you're like that's a television that's just weird to hear right now you know it's like it's like if he called her gay because she was someone that he didn't like you're like what's going on right and so it's very it really puts it in the times yeah like the idea that they would even write that in the script um but like the point of this scene is that you know spike's being a hero but he's still being spike he's basically like how stupid are you to walk in this dark alley at night (laughs) of course you're gonna get attacked by a vampire yeah and you have to wonder how much of this Lindsay has set up because obviously (laughs) he has set the scenario up but has he like paid the vampire to get a snack and then just not told him that he's absolutely gonna die (laughs) Definitely someone is getting paid here. Yeah. Or he just has some way of determining where there are people in danger. I don't know. No, I'm I'm almost certain he's setting things up. Yeah. Why wouldn't he, you know? Angel's not doing so hot. He is getting progressively more and more moist. Oh, yeah, no, it's gross. Dream West comes to make everything worse. He, like, tells him <laughs> that he's dumb and no one needs him. And then he stakes him. And, you know, everyone's showing up being like, don't worry, man. Spike's here now, so you just hang out. We don't need your help. No, not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Now, we get this sort of, like, montage split up of Spike saving a bunch of people. And this is where we come into your second picture. I should never have cut this from the presentation, which makes me (laughs) very excited. 
Because originally, I had a picture from episode one of this show. Jesus. Exactly like this, except it was Angel. And I was like, this is dumb. Why would I include this in the presentation? So what is happening here in this picture? I fucking should have. Because Spike has two wrist-loaded stakes (laughs) that he has deployed. Assassin's Creed style. From up the sleeves of his trench coat so that he can double stake two vampires. Right. And like this legitimately happens in episode one. Honestly, it's fantastic. (laughs) The the fight scenes are the thing that I have the least problem with in this episode by far. Great. The slow-mo. The slow-mo. Honestly, when these things come out Assassin's Creed style, I'm there for it. I'm like, yeah. Fuck yeah. I don't even know how you had time to do this because they seem to be spring-loaded. It's not like you just had them up your sleeves. But I'm so I'm like, so how did he board. trigger it? It doesn't even matter. He gets the double stake and it's just fantastic stuff, you know? Phenomenal. He is the hero. Yes. And then uh, Eve is still here. As we said, she gives people the rock with writing on it, claiming it's from the senior partners. And I'm just like, I wanted there to be less of you. So I have two pictures. My first one is called Red Alert in Giant Shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I applaud the rhyme and also the picture. Red Alert. Classic harmony. She has her spaghetti strap tank top on. (laughs) It's it's very red. She's looking great. It matches her lipstick. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So good. And who else could we mean by Giant Shirt other than Wesley Wyndham Price? (laughs) And, like, he's rolled the sleeves up a bit more this time, but they're just still so poofy. Yeah, still looks bad. Still looks real bad. Man, Harmony was just doing all the things Harmony should be doing this episode. Yeah. Yeah. She was great. Much better than last episode, which was focused on her. (laughs) Which is sad. Yeah. And, I mean, the fault of the writers and not the actress, I would say, in this particular case. And then I've just got a a picture titled Boo with many O's. Yeah, because it's Eve and no one wants her here. She's here with these stupid runes on her stupid artifact. Who cares? She's got like a, what, paisley type or of print on her I think, shirt? I've, I think I captured her entire outfit in my one of my later pictures. And like, it's even crazier once you get the skirt in there. <laughs> it's dumb. It's, she's dumb. She's a bad she's character. Dumb. Thumbs down. We hate her. And I mean, yeah, we assume she's just here to distract Wes with these runes. Oh, man. You didn't get a picture of Angel wearing his pajama shirt that he hasn't buttoned at all. As much as okay. we've complained about buttons before, <laughs> like, the fact that he hasn't done up any buttons on his button-up pajama shirt, like, that's going to get tangled. It's not going to be good. So I did consider it, and I was just having so much trouble getting a good shot of it that I gave up. That's fair. But he has a legitimate reason in this particular scene. Why wear it if you're that damp, though? <laughs> No, I mean, like, from a production standpoint, Fred's about to show up and cut his chest open. Right, yeah, that does happen. Which is, it's good times. The very extended nature of this weird operation-style sequence that we have. It's too long. It's It's so long. long. And, like... It's still just going, and you're like, we're not done? (laughs) We get a callback to Numero Cinco when she pulls out the shriveled chestnut or walnut of... 
Angel's heart and like comments on it and you're like, haha. And then it just keeps going. She's just pulling things out. And like, I mean, it's not subtle. Angel's literally empty. So, you know, like we get it. Sure. What they're trying to say. But they could have pulled two things out and done that. Yeah. Not like five. <laughs> not had a, a strange bear. Like... Uh, I don't know. Bear is another word that's cheap, you know? It's a cheap word to write. And then you get it on set and you're like, why are we filming a person in a bear costume being handed a fish bowl with a dead and fish in it? great questions. And it's like, well, that's great what the script questions. calls for. And you're like, okay, I guess yep. we shoot it. I mean, am I going to blame David Boreanaz's direction a little bit? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Is that unfair? I'm not sure. I'd say he does overall quite a good job. Like, yeah. cinematography-wise, it's good. There's an extended dream sequence that I do quite like. But yeah, mm -hmm. there are definitely some missteps here. Yeah. I think I'm going to I'm gonna cut in here with my quotable notes. Sounds good. Cool. Message for you, sir. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Write that in your copybook now. Oh man. So I've spent like two days just keeping this inside me <laughs> and not and not telling you about it. I've told other people. Oh, so I guess I had that. Because I'm like, I gotta save it. So this week I am moving into I, I got a new place to move into. All very exciting stuff. Mm -hmm. So to move into this place, I had a real estate agent who we'd met a couple of times, you know, like he shows around the place, everything's good. So we finally go get to meet our new landlady and her real estate agent and like to, to meet her to make sure that like everything's cool and we're going to be okay living in her building, yada, yada, yada. Right. So, so we get there, we're talking, everything's going great. And then at one point, she's, she's like, oh, you're not what I expected. And, and we're like, okay, what does that mean? And so like our real estate agent had described us to, you know, the other real estate agent and to her so that she would know like who who we were just some stuff about us right right and so th she says this and there's a bit of a weird pause and we're kind of like we don't know what that means and the other real estate agent pipes in and says he said you were middle-aged whoa <laughs> 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 As someone who has recently celebrated their second anniversary of turning 29. I did not take this well. <laughs> Sorry, first anniversary, I guess. Yeah, no, first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. So uh, of the list of like Michaela triggers, like age is simply something that I don't joke about when you are around. Like it's right. it's off the table except for Jake because Jake's an old man trapped in a young man's right. body. Yeah, but even that's fine. We can even do that. as he's hit the 30, like that has basically yeah. stopped. I don't I don't want to go there. I know it's, it's uncomfortable. Too now. It's it's just a bad place and like I don't think I have the same things about it as you do, but like middle-aged mm -hmm. is strong. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. This this dude, this real estate agent that we had was like probably in his early 20s. Mm. So like maybe he just doesn't understand what what other ages are, but I have polled a number of people <laughs> this week about what they would consider middle age to be. Yeah. And the number I've generally heard is 45 plus. Yeah, that was exactly what yeah. I had in mind. And so my new landlady was like, she basically was like, yeah, I was expecting you to be like, you know, kind of and middle-aged. Yeah. <laughs> not at all like you are. <laughs> and like the other real estate agent 
told us this because he thought it was insane that we had been called middle-aged. It is insane. Because it's insane. So, like, our real estate agent was embarrassed, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) I, uh, I don't really trust people younger than me in professional (laughs) contexts. And I know that this is something that has, A, gotten stronger recently because there are now Mm -hmm. more of them as I've gotten older. And B, something that I should probably do my best to rid myself of because it will only get more prevalent. But like, I'm pretty sure my physio is younger than me. And whenever I'm around him, I'm like, how you doing, bud? You having a good day, champ? Like, what's up, sport? (laughs) Sport. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and like... I felt bad the first time I met this guy because my first thought was, gosh, he's young. <laughs> but I really feel like all he did was reinforce my preconceived notion yeah. about him. No. Right? I'm sure he <laughs> described you as middle-aged and then dabbed, then threw a water bottle so that it landed on its base. <sighs> Fucker. Oh, I mean, I'm right. sure he's wonderful. So so now that whenever I just describe him now, I'm always like, yeah, and he's basically 12. So what does he know? <laughs> <laughs> it's true though it's very true it's so true yeah oh boy so yeah that is an oh, excellent quotable note <laughs> i really like i'm laughing about it now and i'm mostly over it but like day of oh, i that's... could not stop thinking about no, it <laughs> this again it's not a thing that i talk about or joke about <laughs> for good reason yeah i know better <laughs> Back to the episode, Lindsay gives Spike his very own hole in the basement. It is an awful small apartment underground, but it does have sewer access, apparently. When he said it had sewer access, I was like, where? Where? We can see the entire thing. And like, why are there all these buildings in all these cities (laughs) that have direct sewer access? Right? (laughs) Are the writers, oh. like, operating under some misguided notion? I don't know. And, like, at one point, Lindsay's like, I'm sure a man of your means has money tucked away somewhere. And you're like, Spike does not. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he has zero money. Lindsay knows this, right? He's intentionally yeah. needling Spike about his lack of other options. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good times. Now, Michaela, the dream that I would say is strangest of the episode. Stranger <laughs> yeah. than the extended operation sequence that we had before. Because yep. Buffy is in the show. Except that she's not. She's not. Her voice is. But very, yep. very intentionally and clearly not her face. It's so obviously this, like the ADR is just, they're shoving it in your face. They're not even pretending that it's really SMG. Did they take clips from the yep. show and it's, just like it's from the from the prom yeah yeah because <laughs> like they are not very applicable <laughs> the clips that they have found it's so weird i and like i mean the whole point is it's supposed to be surreal sure sure but like why the prom of all the episodes so angel wakes up in bed rolls over and spike is having sex with buffy in the same bed that's what's happening here but then you're like I mean, a blonde woman with Buffy's sorry, voice. Sorry. In in universe, <laughs> Spike is having sex with Buffy. Yeah. But why? I don't. It's because know. Angel is is afraid that Spike is stealing everything that was his, but And I mean, from this from the perspective of Spike stealing things, he's already done this 
so many times. Yeah, he's been here. That like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think me and most of the viewership would have preferred a scene of like Spike coming on to Angel. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And Angel's like, oh no, I have a, a blonde wig on now. Oh no. <laughs> I've been Buffy the whole time. <laughs> right? That's way better. That would be so much better. Oh God. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> that would be so great. Fuck. But no, instead this happens. <laughs> oh God. Oh, it's such a better scene. I'm writing it out in my head and it's like Angel wakes up, he rolls over, spikes there. And he's like... Hey, Buffykins or something. <laughs> and he's just like, he's either overly sexually aggressive or like strangely playful in like oh, yeah. a way that he never was with Buffy. Oh, and it's also just so uncomfortable yeah. it's Angel. Mm. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, it's great. I'd love it. Yeah. Too bad that we got these weirdly 80 yard lines. And turns out that there's a gross thing on Angel that's making him sick. Who would have thought? Yep. Oh, no. Who could have guessed? Yeah. It's pretty gross, though. I will say oh, yeah. that, like, but this little slimy puppet and the other one are, like, much worse versions of those things from Bad Eggs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Much more sinister. Much yeah. <laughs> better done. Much better shot. Yeah. Because, again, they do close-ups of them and they're always very quick. So right. you never want to linger on the, the prop. You don't linger and goddamn, you don't shoot it from far away God, and like no. drag it on a string. No, you don't. <laughs> That'd be insane. That would be crazy. Then the best dream sequence happens because Spike yeah. is getting turned into a human and thanked for saving the world from an apocalypse. It's all pretty great. I've got a fun picture of Wes celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the entire scene where they're standing around and like looking out the windows of Wolfram and Hart as yeah. this apocalypse is happening and they're like, don't worry, Spike will take care of it. And then it is and everyone's so happy about it and they get him a cake. a cake. Yeah, yeah. And Wes uh, has his little party noisemaker thing. Yeah. The so many yeah. outfits happens. God damn. Like a lot of outfits are going on, you know? So I would say this is Lauren's worst outfit from this episode. By far. Because again, we've gone back to this just very boring, bland sort of thing. White cream colored suit and just like a brown shirt. Come on, we can do better than that. Right. We can see Eve's entire outfit in this. And like, again, she's wearing this carpet skirt. She the always has some sort terrible. of carpet skirt. Oh my God. So it's like a so it's a different pattern than her shirt. And like I don't really think they go together at all, personally. Oh, they're bad. And the cut of the shirt is so weird and baggy. Fuck. It's so weird. And like the the ruffles on it. Yeah. Oh. And then Fred has this strange wrap shirt on. I love this shirt. That like this bright red wrap shirt with like the yeah again more ruffles at the bottom and the, the sleeves are crazy the bottom's just like one huge ruffle and yeah it sort of looks like it's knit or something because yeah. of like the texture of it and i think she's wearing it over like a gold dress which is pretty great i will say and you got these clown sleeves going on yeah <laughs> They're very clown. Yeah. Oh, man. But right. Everyone is so excited for Spike. You know, he did it. He saved the world. And there's even a nice fairy here to make him a real boy. <laughs> I mean, the fairy is very nearly the, the icing on the cake until we get to no. Mr. Mailman. 
as Angel's watching this and looks down and realizes that all his clothes are different and he's not sure what's going on and he turns around and sadly pushes a mail cart out of the room. Look at his sad short tie. Oh, and they've done all of the buttons up on his shirt and he's Mm -hmm. so sad about it. He's like... the neck yeah. is too thin for him. It's so uncomfortable looking. You're like, oh my god, all this time they were undoing all these buttons because David Boreanaz looks crazy with all the buttons done up. No, you can get, like, the the neck size is one of oh, the key it's, it's sizing things of a shirt. You can get it <laughs> so in different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that this shirt like, is bad. And a short sleeve dress shirt, oh. I don't think looks good on oh, anyone. No. Oh, God. Like I don't think anyone can pull it up, pull this off. And like, oh, he's just he's so sad. His sad little face. And then when he slowly turns back to the mail cart, I actually felt pretty bad for him, which again is not something I'm used to feeling with regards to Angel. This is like the one scene of the episode where he is standing up and moving around on his feet. So very barely. I hope though. he was doing okay with that. Actually, <laughs> yeah. on that note. I've been very interested in, like, tracking Andy Hallett in Lorne and seeing, like, is he standing in this scene? And later on, when we've got the piano scene and he's sitting down, like, yeah, Honky Tonk is sitting down because I don't think Andy Hallett likes standing up much. But he's actually standing in the apocalypse scenes. And, like, a lot of other people are sitting down, so I'm thinking, hey, he's doing pretty okay for filming this episode. And that makes me happy. Because we worry about him a lot. We do. Yeah. Yeah. We do. I think then we go to Wes and and Gunn showing up to basically, like, shake Spike down for being a vigilante hero. Yeah, slash offer him a job, right, at Wolfram and Hart. Say, like, you could come back into the fold, we could finance you. And Spike is pretty sure that Wolfram and Hart turn people evil. And, like, Spike really actually should know better than anyone because he was there for a pretty good amount of time with nothing to do but observe. Yep. And right? pretty like, unlimited access to everyone. So yeah. he could have seen a lot of things while he was there. So when he's like, no, guys, like, that place is doing shit to you, they should probably think about what he's saying and be like, hmm, maybe Spike has a point. But they would never say that. We can gloss right over Lindsay and whatever the other person's name is. Gloating about their evil <laughs> schemes. Um, apparently the tattoos and the sigils all around uh, <laughs> Lindsay's apartment are to keep him from getting picked up by the senior partners of Wolfram and Hart. Which I think they like sneak in pretty reasonably. Sure. And you're like, okay, at least there's a, a like legitimate reason why all these weird symbols are everywhere. Uh, and yeah, that's fine. There's a spooky box, which I don't believe is the box of Gavrock, but is basically the basically. box of Gavrock. <laughs> I have yelling notes that just say, what's in the box? <laughs> it's a spooky box that has yeah. spooky things in it that do bad things mm. when they are let out. Right. Like, maybe one spooky thing, but it has spooky legs, No, which I would say... Nothing, the other one come out of there as well? You've got to imagine. Oh, possibly. Right? That's true. But, like, there's really no implication that there's an infinite number of these things I guess, in the box. yeah. Although, there's... They're not... They haven't said that there aren't. So... Right? That's true. I was imagining the other one was, like, the little baby of this one. I think it is. Yeah. I don't know. Cute little baby mama duo. Sure. Maybe that's all that's in the box. Eve is super excited about the box for God knows what reason, because it turns out it's not even that good. And then when she has the box and you're like, this is what she was excited about? Wasn't this already basically happening? Right? Then that's confusing too. Yeah. I don't know, Eve. Yeah. I don't know. No one really knows. And like, why Why would she show up and let Angel see her? All great questions. <laughs> all super good questions. Let's talk about Honky Tonk. <laughs> 
So I've called this Honky Tonk and Hula Girl. Fuck. I'm not yeah. sure that that's what Harmony's got going on. Uh, I could like, see this is... being similar to what the ladies in Numero Cinco were wearing, where it's like Maybe. Mexican barmaid type thing. Maybe. It's also very the, hula girl. Because the pattern on the material is very hula girl. But I'm not sure that this necklace or the headdress are. But her abs look great. Oh my so, god, you know, yeah. Look at them. Damn. She's got that going for her. And Lauren is here in his best outfit yet. He is an it's... old-timey <laughs> piano player. And his stupid fucking mustache and his... I hate uh, the mustache. His hair oh. with the part down the middle. Oh god. And like... For some reason, I never noticed how red his eyes were. Yeah, super red. Until, like, whatever they've done here, maybe they did the makeup differently, but his eyes are so much more red than I'm used to noticing. He is a spooky fellow. <laughs> He's very spooky here. Yeah. Maybe, and then the mustache is not helping. I really like that Harmony, whatever it is she's wearing, doesn't match <laughs> no, this whole yeah. thing Lauren's got going on at all. <laughs> Definitely does not. I also love that Lauren gets to use a spittoon. <laughs> so yeah they have some sort of dream conversation what he's talking to angel about how good spike is probably and then he basically is like what's on your mind bud why don't you give us a song so i can help you out oh right yeah and then angel tries to sing and he can't Uh, oh he's empty blah 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 Uh, empty spike's great angel's empty (laughs) at the end that's the that's the episode (laughs) and yeah then eve shows up like very soon after she was coveting this box with this box yeah and you're like that's a weird pacing thing to do and she lets out another one of these like weird gross things that make you dream because angel has managed to pry one off of himself and you're like is this one going to be better right and she's shown up right as he's managing to do that which is also pretty convenient it's really weird yeah Uh, yeah so like that entire part of the episode why are there two why not start with the bigger one i guess it would have been harder to hide how'd they get it on him in the first place these are all Mm -hmm. excellent questions And, like, this felt like such a Bond villain type move to me. Mm, Yeah. Where she just, like, shows up with this spooky box, puts the thing on him, and then she's like, well, my work here's done. Guess I'm gonna peace. Won't wait around to see if this thing gets you or not. Why don't you just kill him? No, Scott, I have an even better idea. I'm going to place him in an easily escapable situation involving an overly elaborate and exotic death. Why don't you just shoot him now? I mean, I'll go get a gun. We'll shoot him together. It'll be fun. (laughs) So, yeah... Lindsay has another vision. Angel gets bit by the big bug. Uh, He has another dream. Lauren is getting to be a part of the cast this episode in a way that hasn't happened recently. And I'm so happy about it. He just keeps being in all these scenes. And you're like, oh my God, he's here again. Yeah, the whole gang comes up. They're talking to Angel. He, he's been references like having something on his shirt or like some dirt on his shirt a bunch. He looks down, finds this thing, and then everyone starts screaming around him. And it turns out Spike has come to save the day. He's pulled the big bug off of Angel and smashed it against a wall. Let's put the bugs on Angel. Then let's send Spike to take the bugs off Angel. And you're like, okay. After we're sure that he's seen Eve. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we have to be certain that he has seen Eve. So that made me think, like, is Lindsay's game to fuck Eve over? Oh, please. But she was in on this. Was she in on the whole thing? I don't know. We, we don't know. We don't have enough knowledge of the plan. We don't. We have not seen enough of it yet to make any reasonable uh, ideas about this. Uh, it's fine. Whatever. 
Fuck My it. bar is so low that I'm just excited that it seems like he has a plan. He does seem to have some sort of plan. Right? Yes. And I'm like, I don't know what it is yet, but at this point, at least, I am reasonably certain that I one day will. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that seems and, like, that's pretty enough likely. for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Wes gives us some exposition on the Selveth parasite or something. It's good. That's the kind of exposition I want, where they just cut to Wes and he's already <laughs> talking. He's mid-sentence, he's yeah. walking into the other room being like, oh, here's the exact thing and what it was doing to you. Isn't that great? Well, good thing it's gone. <laughs> Are you, how are you feeling, Angel? <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to cap this episode off with some catharsis, uh, some questions being raised, definitely, and some answers being yeah. questioned as the entire gang turns on Eve because Angel's like, I saw you. And she's like, well, we have very recently established that you saw a bunch of crazy things in your dreams. And me, the audience, is like, ah, maybe that's where we leave it for now. But no, Angel's like, no, I definitely saw you. You put the bug on me. It's your fault. Uh, we hate you now. The types of things he was dreaming, th- none of them had the bug in them. Nope. But then the thing with her did. So it's pretty reasonable to assume that like, yeah, that one seems more real than the other ones. And like, yeah, they're going to turn on her. None of them like her and they <laughs> never have. <laughs> yeah. She's never been part of the gang. No one ever cared about her. She made she's a stink a at some point. <laughs> yeah. But no one cares. So, so that's yeah. that's sort of where we leave it. Uh, I got two picks. Prince against Steve. Pers- I got perp, perp suit. suit. Ooh, <laughs> oh, Lauren is looking excellent in his purple suit. Oh, this is Gun has given suit. him some side eye for some reason. This was just after Angel said, oh. you called yourself Honky Tonk. Right, yes. <laughs> that's the face Gun is making. Honky Tonk? <laughs> uh yeah good times and then Uh, at least he's not at the office because angel has his shirt unbuttoned (laughs) to a more scandalous degree than normal like i'm gonna say like down to nipple level yeah right just not open enough i think he has two buttons left so he's not technically button watching (laughs) doing button watch but he's getting there man like like we said that's his end goal yeah it's a countdown button watch with no shirt underneath (laughs) eventually one day it'll happen (laughs) oh yeah and that's our episode yeah michaela did you like the episode I mean, like we said, I didn't have a terrible time. Parts of it, I I would say I enjoyed. Like, there was some fun wackiness, but it still felt like nothing happened. Yeah. Even though Lindsay was doing things that were maybe part of some sort of overarching plan. It's so weird. Like... (laughs) Arguably, all all this episode does is advance the plot. Because Lindsay's in it, and surely, if Lindsay is in an episode this much at this point, it must advance the plot. But I'm like, did it? (laughs) And, like, maybe the fact that we don't know right now is just them trusting us to wait, and not just shoving all of the exposition of, here, I'm... This is my plan and here's what I'm here to do in our face. I'm like 98% certain it is very intentional and they're like, ah, we've raised a bunch of questions. But I fire back that again, this weird half season arc bullshit means that this is at episode 10 and you're just now raising questions and then next episode's not going to do shit with them. Almost certainly. That's accurate. You know that's accurate. Yeah. uh, (laughs) They're questions, but they're not pressing questions because if they were pressing questions, we would have to devote the rest of the season to them and we're unwilling to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say that like so far, I 
of these 10 episodes, the only one I really had a bad time with was unfortunately the Harmony one. Yeah. Because I was just so bored the whole time. Yeah, definitely. And with this one, I like parts of it were pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would I watch it again? Probably not. I would say that Lineage is still my favorite episode of yeah, these 10. Yeah, Lineage was great. It's yeah. super good. And yeah, want more of that. But this is what we got for now. At least Eve won't be now. hanging out with the main cast as much anymore. Which again seems crazy. Crazy. Part of Lindsay's plan. Because she was like literally on the inside. Right? Yeah. Huh. Good yeah. times. Uh, Michaela, do we have a best outfit from the episode? So I got, you know what like 95 percent of the way through this episode and i was like man i don't think lauren's gonna win this one Ooh, and then perp suit and happened. then perp suit happened yeah <laughs> i love it it's it's a great purple it's, it's like so a plum. good oh fuck yeah and then i think his shirt underneath is like blue and covered in sunflowers <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is yeah yeah Shit, it's that's beautiful good. yeah i love it all i don't think yeah. there's a scarf on this one but doesn't need no. it you know no warns <laughs> a man who knows when to quit <laughs> oh. that he does and do we have a winner for the episode <sighs> so like in a way i'm tempted to say Lindsay. <laughs> yeah i think Lindsay is the obvious option because because like his plan seems to be <laughs> working <laughs> yeah exactly he seems to advance his own schemes inside he's like gloating pretty hard the last time we see him in the episode is when he's having sex with eve and he's like ah yeah. ha, ha everything's going according to my evil schemes and you're like yeah i'll trust you on that one buddy <laughs> like spike is doing exactly what Lindsay wants yes but but like what that's furthering is unclear right like, yeah. it's not like he's indebted. He's trusting Lindsay more. That's what's happening, right? He's building up a, a layer of trust. And then you can use that to betray them. Yeah, the more times Lindsay has these, like, visions and they turn out to be true. And then Spike feels like a hero. Did you hear all the air quotes? Yeah, those air quotes were heavy. <laughs> yeah, they were heavy. Yeah, Spike's going to trust Lindsay more and be more willing to be on his side <laughs> for the conflict. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 10 of 22 and we we don't know. It's oh, fine. Boy. It's totally fine. Why would that not be 100% fine? But that's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's so weird. Michaela, oh. do you have a, a rose and a thorn for this episode? I think that my rose for this episode is them doing this thing where they're showing what happened to Angel at the beginning of the season Mm. through this very different lens and saying, like, how do you know that this wasn't what happened before? Right. Right? And, like, I mean, you know that because that was what the show presented and you have to just sort of go with what the show is saying. But, yeah, I mean, this guy named Doyle or Whistler or whatever name the, like, rando guy from the powers that be happens to have just shows up and says, oh, hey, here's some vague information or just straight up, here's a vision from these higher powers that want to do good. And you're like, okay, this guy seems like he's definitely telling the truth. (laughs) I mean, all of that maybe should be a bit more suspicious yeah yeah Yeah, definitely yeah because i mean Lindsay's doing that and he has again as we've said many times some sort of reason (laughs) (laughs) for doing it Uh, but um i think it's interesting in the context of this season to explore something like that sure my rose is the party for spike saving the world because it's a lot of fun (laughs) yeah it's very fun oh i think we were gonna have the same thorn because it's eve yes her inclusion yeah it is eve Yeah. Like, it was a no-brainer for me. No-brainer. No, you're like, fuck, why is she even here? Like, at this point, 
it would be so easy for Lindsay to just kind of take over. Just kill barring, her, you know? Like, barring the fact that someone needs to be going, needs to be able to go inside Wolfram and Hart, which again is why it makes no sense that she would be implicated in this whole <laughs> right? thing. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Like, that's literally her, the only thing he needs her for, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, maybe next time she dies. We Ooh, don't know. Fingers fucking crossed. That would be great. That would be best episode of the season right there. <laughs> I think that like, like Eve might be up there with the amount that you hated Adam. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for such different reasons, you know, Adam yep. was bombastic in his way as he was just <laughs> munching on them floppy disks and talking about his unspecified plans. Like he was mm-hmm. definitely there. And Eve is just like there, yeah. but not at the same time. <sighs> makes me really uncomfortable. All right. We do not have a Teeks review for this episode, unfortunately. Uh, which is, it is unfortunate, but I'm honestly not surprised. So not surprised. This is a not very well-reviewed episode. However, I think it just bears looking at the IMDb reviews for this. Because you've yeah. got things like a 3 out of 10 that says maybe the worst Ooh. Angel episode. What? And this person That's crazy. deploys capital letters like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> honestly maybe oh no okay they start out reasonable and then they go just like every word starts with a capital letter oh boy there's also like the phenomenon of people going to bat over bad media surprises me where it's like (laughs) not only do i think that like this is underrated I'm going to go further and say this is one of the best things ever. Because this this 10 out of 10 that says my favorite Buffy vs. Dream episode. Hey, I love that categorization. Oh, wow. That's like, <laughs> that's some primo categorization right there. Yeah. But on the other hand, like this episode clearly has flaws. And yeah. failing to acknowledge those is a very strange phenomenon to me. I don't know. It's a reaction. Yeah. Because you see, like this person's given this a 3 out of 10. And then you're like, hey, this wasn't that bad of an episode. In fact, I'll defend this episode to the death. Right. And it turns into you giving it a 10 out of 10 when mm, maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. And so like people give it an 8 out of 10 and I'm like, okay, that that's fine. Someone gives it a yeah. 5 out of 10 and just says an uneven episode. And I'm like, that, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. probably the most reasonable. This also came up earlier today because I was looking on the Buffy subreddit and right. someone was like, does anyone else here love Gone from season six? And that's where, I, where <laughs> Buffy turns invisible. It's invisible. And yeah. you're just like... Honestly, there were a bunch of comments being like, eh, it's fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably the best reaction to this I could ask for is a measured, like, it's not the worst episode. It also has things wrong with it. On the Phi Phenomenon website, Mm -hmm. this is... 69 out of 110. Ooh, yeah, that seems about right. It's pretty middling. Yep. I will say that, like, so for the rest of season five, there's only one more episode that is rated below this one. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Where does Harm's Way come in? Oh, 98 <laughs> out of 110. <laughs> yeah, yep. Numero Cinco is 102 out of 110. Wow. Unleashed is 107 out of 110. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so what you're saying is that we're past the bad episodes mostly i think that is what i'm saying that we mostly are it's so unfortunate to me that numero cinco was so middling to bad and like as i think about it more and more i think i think worse things of it 
Same with Harm's Way, yeah. honestly. And, like, these are things that had a strong core idea, and they just didn't implement it well. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Unleashed is just a piece of <laughs> Yeah, Unleashed is trash. <laughs> start, to be, start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. All right, Michaela, what do we have coming up next time on Angel? So the next episode is called Damage. It looks to me like Pretty Monster of the Week. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right, because... <laughs> How else do you follow up this much hard-hitting plot? Right, and I don't say the word Lindsay in my quick scan, so. <laughs> of course you don't. Why would he show up? He's just the unknown antagonist. The, the more we get into this show, the more I realize that, like, I really haven't seen this season yeah. that many times. And, like, I don't remember... So I remember small things, but, like largely i don't remember what episodes are or are about this is exciting to me this is really genuinely exciting i'm really trying like not to learn too much yeah i did just glance at the uh episode cast for this episode and i see a familiar face Mm. that i think you're going to be very excited about interesting the mayor (laughs) that would be so without faith that just makes (laughs) no sense at all (laughs) makes no sense at all you know, I'm going to tell you who it is because, like, it doesn't ruin anything about the episode. Fantastic. I think you can guess. So it was someone who was, I think, one of our favorite characters in Buffy Season 7. It's not Nathan Fillion? No. Oh, that'd be great, too. Season 7 characters. Who did you enjoy more than you expected to? <laughs> Dawn? No, but that's a good guess. I think it's like sort of in the same vein as a Dawn. And it's not Felicia Day? Nope. Hmm. You're going to have to tell me, I think. It's Tom Lank. Tom Lank, yes. <laughs> Which is pretty random. That is good. (laughs) Yeah. So that could be fun. Angel calls on the Watcher's Council for help in tracking down a psychotic vampire slayer named Dana who was tortured by a serial killer as a child. But Tom Lank's there, goddammit. Probably because he called the Watcher's Council. (laughs) What? So like, I think that's why Tom Lank's there. I think that's why. I don't really remember. What? Those two pieces of information together. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Sound like they could be hilarious. I really want them to be a watcher. (laughs) So I really hope that's true. And I haven't just set you up for a disappointment. But have I? Because you won't remember what I've said anyways. Listen, Andrew's going to be there one way or the other. If he's a watcher, that's cool. If he's not, that's also cool. Yeah. If he does the thing where Wes or that Wes did, where he shows up as a <laughs> gritty demon hunter. Oh my god, I would die. Because <laughs> season five, we're all about going back to season one, you know? Grit. And yeah. Just that would be a good thing to do as well. I, I think they could do a lot of fun things with Andrew. I'm excited to see him back. That sounds great. Cool. Until next time, our listeners can always reach out, email beyondthenew.hellmouth at gmail.com, pictures up on Facebook, and until next time, see, see you, you later, later LA Gator. Gator. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Hell no. Hell no.